You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. This week I have a guest expert on. Her name is Andrea Libras and she owns Andrea Libras Coaching. And she actually already did a podcast episode with me a few weeks back (laughs) and yours truly forgot to hit the record button. Um, And as many of you podcasters know, this might've happened to you before. And so this was my first and I'm super appreciative that you, Andrea, were totally okay with coming back on a second time because what we talked about was so awesome. Okay. You know, it doesn't leave me better than the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Cause now we know what we're going to talk about. So why don't you talk to my audience a little bit about who you are and why the topic that we're going to be talking about is something that is relevant to you and that you're an expert in. Sure. So I work with women, mostly women who own businesses. And what I find is that as they get to place where they've got a viable business, so, you know, there's money coming in the door, people are happy, it's all good. They get, they have a viable business, but they really want to turn the corner and grow and they need to make decisions. Even if they maintain where they are, they need to make probably some different decisions than they did in the past. So my expertise is really helping them create a framework in which or from which to make those decisions. And these decisions can go from who they need to hire and fire to what they're going to do this morning. So all of that requires some decision-making skills. And if you've got a framework from which to make those decisions, things are going to be a lot easier and you are going to going to get where you want to go a lot faster. So the clients I work with are women who are pretty, you know, they're overachievers, they are driven, and they know that there's probably a better way to do things than they're doing them now. So we figure all of that out through the process of making these decisions. In making these decisions, you are going to talk about this acronym, right? Yes, I am. So so that's part of the framework. I really want to share with you today, number one, an acronym that I call how to create smarter goals with an ER at the end. And then I want to hit upon how to create what 
I consider your daily big three or the three things that you need to or want to get done in a day. So it's kind of like stacking your daily wins to reach those big goals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the first thing you gotta know is what are the big goals, right? So that's where the smarter framework comes in. And I can, we can kind of just go through letter by letter and I'm going to yeah. share with you what that's all about. So smarter goals, the S in smarter stands for specific. And some of this, I know your listeners have heard before, but I want you to kind of really think about this as we go through it, as if I can write goals this way, it's helping with decisions. It's not just to look at them at the end of the year to see if I got there. It's kind of giving you this funnel. And if they're specific, okay, they're going to give you some focus. So I always like to think of a hose outside. And if you've got two pipes or two hoses, and one has bigger diameter than the other, right? The one with the smaller diameter, the water going through there is going to have a lot greater force. Just by reducing the diameter, you're going to have greater force. And that's really what happens when we narrow our goals. The more specific we go, the more likely we are to engage our focus, our genius brain, I like to call it, and our consistency and persistence to get there. So vague goals really don't inspire us. It's hard to know where to put your effort and creativity if the goal is too vague, but specific goals really create a channel for our creativity and our effort. And all it takes is really identifying precisely what you want to accomplish. Okay. So I just literally got off the phone with a client and we were working on goals. And the first thing you wrote down was create guidelines. I'm like, okay, that's too vague. Okay. A number, what guidelines? What angle are you coming this at this from? When do you want guidelines for the whole department or really is it just for one person, right? So we've really got to narrow it down. So, I mean, we rephrased it and said, complete guidelines for XYZ job description by October 30th mm-hmm. and implement them. Okay, so that got super, super specific. And as humans, we're always kind of imagining how the future might work out, how we'd like to see it work out. And so we've got to stay committed to the goal in order to create the future that we want. And there's so much research out there that shows that we are so much more likely to stay committed the the more specific we are. Makes a lot of sense. I think with like holding ourselves accountable to actually doing it, but also feeling the win at the end of it. If it's not specific, you don't really know if you did the thing, you know, if you're vague about it, like like, completed sort of maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So it's like Duke University did a study a few years back where they found that people with more specific goals gained more momentum and grew in motivation as they progressed, while people with the less specific goals had the opposite. So they lost steam along the way and had decreased motivation, even when they were making some progress. So that greater goal specificity is more important than we realize. Because a lot of times I'll say to someone, well, what do you need in order to achieve this goal? And they'll say motivation. I need to be motivated. Well, you're going to be way more motivated, the more specific. Yeah. So that's kind of number one. That can be easy or easy or hard. I think when we're in our own peanut butter jar, I call it, when you're stuck in your own peanut butter jar, it's really hard to read the label and to see what's going on. So 
you know, my expertise comes in and asking you the questions to get super specific, like this morning with the guidelines, like mm-hmm. I kind of pounded her with a bunch of questions mm-hmm. and it got a lot better. Yeah. All right. So the second attribute of smarter is measurable. Okay. The M in smarter stands for measurable. And I think this is important for two reasons. Number one is the most obvious. Okay. Without some sort of measurement, you can't tell whether you've achieved the goal or not. All right. But the second reason for keeping your goals measurable is that you need to be able to track the progress. Yeah. Okay. So a measurable goal really allows you to set markers along the way and milestones. And honestly, I mean, half the fun is in making the progress, right? So it's not really about reaching the goal. Once we reach the goal, we're like, what's the next goal? So the fun comes along in the progress part. And if it's not measurable, then it's really hard to see if we're making progress. Mm-hmm. So that's number two or the M. And I guess it, like makes, it ties in with, would you say it was Duke that did the study? Mm-hmm. It ties in with that whole concept that they, you know, sort of figured out, which is those that had these uh, specific goals got more motivation to keep going, didn't have measure or didn't have specific goals, even though they were having success, as I air quote this, moving forward in some way. I can see how that kind of ties in with this concept is we like to see wins, even if they're small wins. And so having these measurable goals that we can reach and move, you know, through is oftentimes more fun to look back at once we complete the thing is just seeing how our progress was to get there and how much work we went through to get to that place. It's so true. When I work with clients who are creating some annual goals, but then we create quarterly, what I call rock, kind yep. of like the quarterly the stuff. So, you know, the US. Yeah. Yep. So I was this week, I've been going through a lot of people's last quarter, like quarter three, if you're using a calendar year. And it is so fun yeah. <laughs> to be able to cross them off or check them off. Like, did it, did yep. it. And that's just the quarterly goal, right? So it's adding fuel to the annual goal. So they haven't really reached the annual goal yet, but they see the progress. Exactly. So totally true. All right. Third attribute of smarter goals. A stands for actionable. So if you think about it, goals are fundamentally about what we're going to do, right? So when you're formulating your goals, it's really important to get clear on what is the primary action. All right. So it's the primary action. And the easiest way to do that is to get out your thesaurus and find a strong verb to describe and and prompt that specific action you're going to take. You don't want to begin a goal with be, am, is, are, was, were, being, been, any of those. You want to begin it with run, finish, eliminate. And sometimes people write, be more consistent in saving. It's not actionable, but deposit 10% of each paycheck into the savings account, that's actionable. And even I want to, like your listeners, when we kind of talk about what we're doing, the daily big three, even those daily big three should start with an actionable verb word, not just the, and even if you just wrote like payroll, not helpful, what are we doing with the payroll, right? So, okay, so A is for actionable. And then R, the first R in Smarter, this is one of my favorites. It is for risky. Okay, so normally we talk about setting goals that are realistic, okay? But the R, that's what the R in, if we're just doing smart goals usually refers to. But when we start asking what's realistic, we really are setting the bar too low. And then we can kind of get into that not super motivated, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, I mean, of course this is gonna happen. If it's realistic, it's inevitable. So we end up accomplishing a lot less than we might have if we went 
too risky. Okay. If we rise to a challenge, if we rise to a challenge, but hold back when it's easy for being human. Okay. So we, sometimes we hold back when things are easy because we think it's, we don't have to put effort into it. But as humans, we love rising to challenges. That's like part of us. Mm -hmm. So we're conditioned to reach for the easy, but we do love and thrive off of challenges. So risky is definitely, definitely important. It helps us move from the boredom or minimal engagement and playing it safe and kind of lowballing to rising to the occasion. Lowballing is really kind of like a defensive strategy too. It's like you're on the defense. You want to be on the offense, right? But as a business owner or a practice owner, I think a lot of times we are in the defense because especially if we've gotten to the place where we have a viable business because you think, oh, but if I change this, I don't know, it might not go so well, right? So you hesitate, but the struggle is really what keeps you engaged. Mm -hmm. And when you finally do achieve that difficult goal, like you said before, it's going to mean a whole lot more because you kind of had to fight to get to the finish line. Right. So R is for risky. It's really got to stand somewhere outside your comfort zone. It has to be a somewhat uncomfortable. And if you know exactly how you're going to do it, that's not risky enough either. So you've got to really dig in to your resources to figure it all out. I love that. I'm someone, and I think most of us as business owners, we started off at least being uh, drawn to some amount of risk, right? Yeah, yeah, totally so, true. Yeah. You wouldn't have started if you, right? You wouldn't have started. Risk is inherent in starting. Mm-hmm. Totally true. Yeah. But we get to a place where we're kind of like, okay, I mean, things are going pretty well. And I'm not sure I can really take on any more than I have. So maybe I'm just going to cruise along right here. Yeah. But in the end, that doesn't serve us at all. Yeah. So sometimes, again, my clients need a little push to make the goals a little risky, but it pays off. I love it. All right, moving along. T. T and smarter stands for time bound. Okay. Now, this sometimes people are like, well, what's the difference between that and measurable or is time is a form of measure. But I think it really has to include one of these five types of time bound signatures. So it's got to have a deadline. Or it could have a frequency, like I'm going to do this twice a week. A start date is also a way to make it time bound. Or a time trigger, like when this happens, this will next thing will happen. Or a streak target, okay? So if you look at your goal and assess, first of all, is this an achievement goal or is it a habit goal? You can kind of determine how you want to make it time bound. So achievement goals are focused on one-time accomplishments, like, paying off the credit card, improving your PR on Peloton, (laughs) (laughs) finishing your first novel. All right. All of those are achievement goals and deadlines are essential for all of those because the deadline's driving the action. But if you have a goal that is more of a habit goal, then it might be more of a frequency type thing. Or if this happens, then that happens. So Time bound can look like a lot of different things depending on what type of goal it is. So you've really got to kind of assess that in your head and think, okay, is this habit goal, another place to go is, is this habit goal really just feeding an achievement goal? And am I kind of like popping out on having the habit goal really be the big goal? Should that achievement goal be the big goal and know that I have to create a habit to get there? Yeah. 
So that's what T stands for. Okay. And I, I feel like this is something even in my own practice with my leadership team, we had to get really intentional with. And I think EOS has helped us with that too, when yep. it comes to the time piece, because staff were, you know, holding themselves accountable to getting things done, but without this time frame of when and people yeah. are relying on each other. Some like me are fast movers and we're like, when are you going to get that thing done? Where others are, you know, more intentional and paced about it. And so setting those time goals also helps everyone around, you know, what to expect. Absolutely. Kind of move at different speeds. It also helps eliminate the something suddenly came up. Like mm-hmm. I need to get what I need to get done today done. And then I'll get to that. Yeah. Right. So we all can fall into that trap too. But if it's time bound, then you've kind of got that kind of like a safety measure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, all right. So the sixth letter is E. And again, this is one of my favorites. It, it stands for exciting. Okay. So these goals have to inspire you. So kind of like an EOS when you're looking at your three-year plan, right? It's got to inspire you to move forward. So these goals have to inspire you. And again, research has shown that we stand a better chance for reaching our goals if we're internally motivated, right? So external motivations might work for a little while, but we're going to lose interest eventually with an external motivator. So the problem is most of us set goals we think that are good for us, yeah, okay, or good for our business. This would be really good if we could get this done. And if we're really being honest, we often set goals for that other people think are good for us. Yes. So spouses, friends, bosses, investors, okay, board of directors, whatever you got. So the trick is to set goals that are not only personally or professionally important, but are also personally and professionally inspiring. And a lot of times this is actually easier to do professionally to get into this exciting, inspiring place than personally, because personal goals, we can really disappoint ourselves or we really try to play it safe there. So if you don't find your goals compelling, you won't have the motivation to push through when the going gets tough. And this is where you kind of have to be honest with yourself and ask, does this goal inspire me or does it engage my heart? Right. And am I willing to work hard to make it happen? You might even ask yourself if it's fun. Like I always like to say, is this simple, doable and fun? Right. And I usually do that. I usually try to make my goals fun because that's going to kind of help us get to something that's in the next step, which is really finding out why you're doing it. So only an exciting goal can really access that internal motivation that you need. Which brings me to the seventh letter R, the last R, which is about being relevant. So effective goals are relevant not realistic, but irrelevant to your life, like are or your business, are they in alignment with where you want to go? Okay, or where you're heading, and it comes at the end of the smarter, because it's a really good way to do a gut check before committing to the goal. Because we can all get to this, like last letter here, and then we think, "Mm, I don't know, is it really relevant? Because if we're going to succeed, or if we're going to continue to grow, we need goals that align with the legitimate demands of life and business. If you're a working parent with young kids, your goals are going to look a lot different than the working parent with kids that are out of the house, right? Mm -hmm. So 
depending on your circumstances, you might have to tweak your goals. Or if you don't have enough money to fund the goal, okay, it's not relevant right now. Like you need to create more revenue or profit to fund the goal. So your goals have to align with where you kind of think about it, like where are you in life and where are you in business right now? And they also have to align amongst themselves, okay? They have to be relevant together as like a big set of goals. You've got to look at them together. You can't just look at them as one-off. So is it relevant given all the other things that we're trying to achieve? Because sometimes our aspirations are really far bigger than our calendars or our wallets. Yeah. Or a brain power, right? Mm-hmm. And so the main thing here is to kind of watch your bandwidth. And like, so some of these goals might just not be relevant right now, but might correct. be a year or, you know, two yes. years. Yes. I like to say it's like, if you're going to eliminate it, it may be a no for now, but not a no forever. Yeah. Right. So it can go kind of hang out on an issues list or in the next year list. Right. But it doesn't have to be for right now, but you've got to really understand what's relevant for today. Or the next year. When taking this SMARTER acronym, I know you in our last episode that we are just now reviewing, you talked about, is it the big three? Yeah. So your daily big three. Okay. Tell us about that and then how we can, because I'm assuming we can then use the SMARTER goals on the big three. You totally can. So if you can like harness the power of a big three, you are really going to make these goals happen with ease. I like to say we need a daily big three and we need a weekly big three and we even can have a quarterly big three. All right. But I'm going to get down to like the daily big three, just because that's probably the most relevant right today. Your big three is what sets you up for being focused and productive. Okay. So you have to ask yourself, what are the three biggest items or things that I need to accomplish today to advance my goals or projects? Okay, now these could be related to one of the official smarter goals that we just talked about, or they could be related to a significant project that you have going that might feed into a goal, right? So the only thing really required is that your daily big three are relevant to your weekly big three, which are relevant to your quarterly big three. You kind of have to think of it in that way. So sometimes you've really got to zoom out. You might question, is this really relevant? Yeah, it is. Like, let's say it's in personal life, let's say it's like a health and wellness goal you have for the year. And your goal for today is to drink your 64 ounces of water. Okay. Yeah. That like feeds back into that bigger health and wellness yeah. goal. So I see this can- business too. Like we often get distracted by the things that we should be doing with the things that don't bring us forward in any sort of way. Like scrolling through emails or, you know, things that just, we might need to do them at some point, but they're not the big important things for the day. And they end up taking up more time than they should, which doesn't allow us to actually get to the things that are more meaningful and move the needle forward. Totally true. So I kind of walk my clients through a signature, I call it a signature process for establishing your daily big three. Okay. So Your daily big three should be things that you have a little bit of resistance to. Again, they're not the things that you're just going to do automatically. Like brush your teeth is not a daily big three. Okay, hopefully. (laughs) All right. So here's what I ask my clients. Number one, is this something that you're committed to, not just interested in? 
Okay, so that's really a good thing to ask yourself. Is this something I'm interested in doing or am I going to be committed to it? All right. For me, an example of that would be every year in January, I have made a workout goal. Yeah, I was interested in it, but I was never committed to it, which is why it only every year, it would only last about a month before I would yeah. take off on it because I wasn't actually committed to that. It was like something in theory I would have really liked to do. And so I thought yep. I would do it. I mean, I've gotten to a place where this is now all different, but it took a whole mindset shift to make it so that I was committed to It's that. totally true. And also think about this, like something you're committed to doesn't necessarily mean it's something you want to do in the moment. So let me like go backtrack on that. Like let's say working out, right? I hate going like, every day. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to actually do it, but I do have like something that I get out of it at the end, which is uh, at the gym, it has strawberry smoothie thing that I really I like. I mean, hey, everybody would like to do that. Right? Yeah. So that's <laughs> how I get, that's where, where my motivation comes yeah. from. I don't really want to go, but I know I get this little like fun reward at the end of it. Right. It's awesome. So you don't want to get up and go to the gym. Okay. But you're committed to doing it. Yeah. All right. So you've moved away from just being interested and now you're committed. You know, we don't want to go outside and shovel snow probably, but we go out anyway because we're committed to getting out of our house in a snowstorm. Okay. So that's a really important thing to ask yourself. If you're not getting something done, okay, is it just because you're interested and not committed? All right. So that's kind of number one in the process. Okay. Number two in the process is being decisive. Okay. Being decisive. This is a human privilege. Okay. We do not see dogs outside uh, having meetings because they don't have the ability to be decisive. <laughs> All right. We have the privilege of being human and being able to be decisive. So when you're writing your daily big three, be decisive, kind of think about that smarter framework. So this is kind of a way you can borrow from that and be very clear. And so you're being clear and then you're also being committed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the last part of this process is really asking yourself, if I can create a daily big three and a weekly big three and quarterly and write smarter goals, what is it going to do for me? How is it going to help me? And I would argue that you need to assess how this is going to save you time. If we have this framework in which to make create our goals, all right, and then actually to follow through on them, it's going to give us freedom and energy. We do not waste time deciding whether or not we're going to do something or not. Like you're not wasting time in the morning deciding if you're going to the gym. All right. Cause you've already decided, <laughs> already decided. So it is saving you time, but there's so many things in life where we hang out in this indecisive yes. space. And that takes so and much time. It just, sucks us up, sucks the energy out of us. Like it's like we're in limbo land and limbo land really does cost us time and it postpones progress. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now I do want to say that sometimes what I help my clients do is to decide that they're not going to decide. Okay. But like, they're not deciding right now and that's okay. That's right. But that's a decision in and of itself. Yeah. Right. So that's different though, than staying in the place of confusion or doubt or fear. All right. Because when you decide you're not going to decide, it's actually pretty freeing. Yep. All right. So assess how is this saving me time? How can I see that this will save me time? And then the next piece is making these decisions. It actually increases action. 
right? We are not taking enough action most of the time towards the things we want. We kind of hem and ha, we say we're confused or we don't know. What we're really doing is not contributing to the world or ourselves. Like we're not putting our contribution out there and we start to feel purposeless. Okay. So how many people will be heard? Like, I want to do something that has a purpose. I want to be passionate about it. Okay. All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. When we don't decide and we don't take action, we are actually consuming things. Like we're consuming, literally you could be consuming more food or alcohol, but you're also consuming more brain power that you could have been spending on doing, taking the action Mm -hmm. on whatever it is. So It's really not until we make the decision, can we start taking action again? Like this is harder than it sounds too, which is why, you know, why I'm supporting my clients in this way. I'm helping them create these frameworks to make the decisions so that they can start to take action. I love all of that. And I feel like it's especially, I mean, it's relevant for everyone, but I feel like especially relevant right now for business owners who are coming on, you know, two plus years of having to make radical changes in their businesses because of COVID and feeling burnt out and maybe unsure of what their next step is or what they want to do. We're seeing a lot in the mental health space business-wise, people trying to decide if they want to step out of business ownership and owning a group practice. And so the idea of like getting back to a space of being excited by goals and intentional I think is really relevant. So I appreciate you coming on and and talking about these things because it's really timely. Yeah, you just start showing up in a better way, right? Like you're showing up for your life and you're showing up for other people and your confidence totally increases. So when we make a decision, we get out of the, I don't know what to do. Our Mm -hmm. confidence increases, our insecurity goes away and we just show up as a better person. Yeah. If people wanted to reach out to you or learn more about what you do to support business owners, how can they find you? So I think the easiest way to find me is to go to andreaslinks.com. So A-N-D-R-E-A-S-L-I-N-K-S, andreaslinks.com. And if you go there, you're going to find links to my own podcast, which is Time to Level Up. Also a quiz. There's a quiz on there that really helps you kind of get to the root of the problem of why you are not making decisions or why you're not reaching your goals. So go take that quiz. I think that's a great way. And then always you can find me on probably Instagram is the best place. Andrea.Libros.coaching. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on a second time and I promise this is being recorded. (laughs) So I really appreciate you taking that time. I know your time is really valuable and I know our audience is going to really enjoy this episode. So thanks. Thanks for having me, Maureen. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.